How do I find a new job? How can I make a career change? And the biggest question of all, can I really find a career that I love? Hey, my name is Jen Smith, and I believe career success doesn't have to be at the expense of living a radiantly happy and healthy lifestyle. As a former HR leader and recruiter turned career coach, I get what companies are looking for when hiring top talent. What that means for you is an unmatched combination of insider knowledge and the best kept secrets about making heart-based career changes and navigating the ups and downs of job searching in today's world of work. Whether you're a recent graduate navigating the job market for the first time or a seasoned professional ready for a career change, this show is for you. So grab your coffee or your kombucha, pull up a seat and get ready to be challenged and inspired to move beyond your self-doubt and take the right next steps towards landing a career you love. Because you deserve a long, radiantly happy and healthy career. This is the Flourish Careers Podcast. Welcome back to the Flourish Careers Podcast. We're back today with part two of breaking all the rules of career and job searching. Last week, we talked about how to break the rules. And this week, we're walking through six career and job searching rules that I'm breaking, and you should too. As we mentioned in the previous episode, the world of work and job searching has changed. Even before the global upheaval of 2020, our work was shifting. Tech and the speed of information has transformed how we work, who we work with, and the work that we do. Just think about the news cycle. It has evolved so much. So the news cycle used to be 26 hours. That's just over a day. Now the news cycle... 26 seconds, or I would even say the news cycle is actually live. So just that in itself gives you a really interesting perspective on how quickly things have been changing and transforming. There has never been a better time to break the rules. And that's great news because as a career coach, I believe career planning should be a time of playful exploration And it really should be in alignment with who you are as a whole person. It's about time we combine our work person with our outside of work person into one whole person. So I am excited today to talk with you about the six traditional career rules that I'm breaking and that you should too. So number one is strict workplace dress codes. We will no longer wear suits, dry clean only clothes, and uncomfortable shoes to work unless it's what we want to wear. So quick story here. My sister is an exceptionally talented art therapist and jewelry designer. A few summers ago, she was showcasing her jewelry at a local art festival. And this festival is one that we always look forward to. I couldn't wait to attend. So we get there and we get to her booth and my eyes immediately landed on this stunning bracelet. It was a thicker band sterling silver and it had turquoise stones in it with really cool wiring on it. And I 
fell in love with this piece of jewelry. Of course, I purchased it immediately and wore it proudly for the rest of the weekend. And then Monday rolled around. The bracelet didn't feel quite suitable for my corporate setting. It didn't really match my work clothing style and it felt out of place. And I just remember thinking, ugh, why can't the work gen and the weekend gen be the same person? And as a career change coach, it is evident that others feel the same way. I will tell you, when I start talking with folks about what they're looking for in their career, in one way or another, clothing comes up, men and women. So quick example, Anne, she said to me, she ne- like literally, this was the first thing she said to me, she never wants to wear a suit again. She's adamant about finding a casual company where denim is accepted on the daily. Sam is an entirely different person outside their demanding corporate job. So they describe themselves as a bohemian musician on the weekends when no one would believe that they travel around in an old convertible and attend music festivals. During their nine to five, they're a marketing leader for a Fortune 500 company. So two completely different lifestyles and personalities. No wonder Sam came to me completely burnt out and drained. So these are just a few examples, but there are countless more. It is so draining when you feel that you have to twist yourself into a specific image at work. And over time, that really leads to resentment and potentially burnout. There's definitely something to be said for finding that alignment in your career, a path where you belong and a place where you can comfortably show up, including your jewelry. So how much does a company's dress code matter to you? If wearing jeans to work is at the top of your job search desires, as I mentioned, you're certainly not alone. And I did a little bit of research here. There's a staffing firm that found that 33% of people who responded to their survey would rather quit their job or decline a job offer if they have to wear business attire during the work week. So I'll add that to the show notes so you can see it. And in the same study, one third of workers said that they would reject a $5,000 a year bonus if they could wear casual dress clothes to work. That's a lot of money to give up to wear something that's casual and comfortable for you. So really interesting stats. And like I said, I hear this all the time. Thankfully... In the post-pandemic future, workplace dress codes seem to be on their way out. Although I will say I have noticed some workplaces are still rigidly sticking to the traditional rules of business attire. So it's important if this is something that you're looking for, you want to dig into this prior to interviewing or accepting an offer with a company. There's also a really interesting take on relaxed clothing styles from Francesca Gino, who I mentioned in the previous episode. She's a Harvard Business School associate professor and an author, and she coined this term called the red sneaker effect. So she studied how wearing red sneakers in a professional setting affected how a person was viewed by others. 
Super interesting. So through her work, she found that atypical clothing or non-professional clothing made others think higher of a person. So her experiments looked at everything from how executives responded to business school instructors who wore red sneakers to what luxury clothing boutique clerks thought about shoppers who came into their stores wearing gym clothes. And the study actually found repeatedly that this kind of atypical or non-professional clothing or behavior made others think more of a person, not less. So really interesting study. Now, I will say, I don't, she does go on to talk about that there's a level of familiarity that has to be here. So if you've worked for the same company for 15 years and you dress business casual most days and you start coming in with red sneakers and a hoodie, that might not work. So there has to be a level of, or there doesn't have to be a level of familiarity for this to work. But the bottom line is, Wear the red sneakers, wear the denim, wear the art festival jewelry, wear what you want to wear to be comfortable at work. Rule number two that I'm breaking is lengthy resumes without any design elements and traditional cover letters. Here we go, friends. The days of using full sentences on our resumes are gone. One of the most common resume mistakes I see people do is pack an entire play-by-play work history into one piece of paper. Your resume should be concise and highly skimmable. It should tell your career story by hitting the highlights and make it easy for a hiring manager to want to learn more. You want to showcase the smart and organized professional you are. The days of boring fonts like Times New Roman are out the door. (laughs) And I'm even going to take this a step further by using the first person on a resume, specifically in the profile section. So go ahead and add a splash of personality. I also love including a dash of color on a resume. Not too much. (laughs) I'll never forget I once opened a resume and literally jumped at first sight because there was so much bright green infused across the page. It literally scared me. And not to mention, I couldn't even read the type or the font. So color has a way of swaying thinking and causing reactions. So you just want to be really smart and use it to your advantage. For your cover letter, I do believe cover letters, quote unquote, are worth the time if you put the energy into making it work for you. It's a fantastic way to articulate your career story, but we're not typing them out, another play-by-play of our work history and folding it up and mailing it to a company. But we want to use this concept to our advantage. So you want to make it work for you by showing your passion for the job sharing your career history, sharing your story and why you want to work for this company. And then you want to get it directly in the hands of a hiring manager. So the dread of writing a traditional cover letter is replaced with crafting a heart-based letter of interest emailed directly to a decision maker. Now, I realize not everybody is comfortable with these just yet, and that's okay. But I'm here for it. 
And this is coming from my views as a hiring manager, an HR manager, a recruiter, and a career coach. Don't worry, I know the topic of resumes and cover letters is always on your mind, and we are going to go deep into these topics a lot more in season two, which will kick off in January of 2023. So the bottom line here is that we want you to show off who you are, what you do, and what you're looking for. We vow to make our resumes and our cover letters reflect us and our professional brand. Rule number three that we are breaking is job title limitations. People get so hung up on job titles. The job title we are assigned is one thing. Our knowledge and insight is another. So we are refusing to accept stagnant careers simply because one position or one title is who others say we are. Your job title does not make you unique. Your job title doesn't tell people what you stand for. Your job title doesn't even showcase where you stand in a hierarchy. Not to mention a specialist, quote unquote, at one company is completely different from a specialist at another company. Same thing with a vice president. A vice president at a Fortune 50 company is going to have a huge organization under them. A vice president at a small, maybe startup or family-run organization probably isn't going to even be leading others. So we want to let go of our job titles and lean into crafting our professional career stories or our professional brands. This is who you are. It's your reputation and how you showcase your talents. It should highlight who you are, what you do, and what you stand for. By doing this, it'll allow you to stand out from the crowd. So my guess is that your job title is not what you want to be known for. So as I mentioned, I know this is a hot topic for a lot of people, so we will dive deep into professional branding in the next season. So please stay tuned. So we've covered three rules we're breaking. So, so far we're breaking strict workplace dress codes. We are breaking old school, long, boring resumes and cover letters. We are breaking job title limitations. And the next rule we're breaking is workaholic praise. So we will no longer sacrifice ourselves for the cause of, quote, best employee ever at the expense of our own boundaries and limits. In some workplaces, there is a badge of honor based on the number of hours you work or for being in the office late or online late. I am all about measuring performance versus time. If you can get your job done in five hours, great. Go do something fun and energizing. You're going to be better for it tomorrow. When I was a manager, I always told my team, I don't care when you work or where you work as long as you get your job done. I even remember when I worked in an office, people would leave their office doors open with the lights on to make it look like they were still at work. When they really snuck out to go watch their kids' soccer game. What the heck? You should be leaving work to go watch your kids' soccer game. And if your workplace doesn't support that, 
then you might consider rethinking where you're working, especially with technology today. If someone needs you for the one hour you spend at your kid's soccer game, they can reach out to you on your phone, whether you're in the office or not. So we are setting strict boundaries for ourselves in finding workplaces that allow us time and energy to live fulfilling lives. The fifth rule we're breaking is toxic work environments. We will no longer endure horrible bosses or petty coworkers until we break out in shingles from the stress and anxiety. I hear these stories every single day. From the boss who takes all the credit for their employees' work, to the manager who gives zero appreciation for their team's hard work, to the leadership team that witnesses everyone resigning and does nothing about it, to the workaholic manager who sends emails at all hours of the night and weekends and expects their teams to respond, to the coworker who railroads everyone in their way to get to the top and is praised for it, to the team member who made a mistake and gets reprimanded in front of everyone. This list could go on and on and on. But I will tell you, there is good news. There are exceptional leaders and great companies out there. Now, it's important to do some digging beyond reading a company website or online reviews to mitigate the risk. But the bottom line here is that we will seek out workplaces where we can prioritize our physical and our mental well-being. The number six rule that we're breaking is prioritizing work over life. We will no longer skip out on taking vacations because we are needed at work, no matter how much our manager says it. Once again, I have seen this countless times. I even had a manager who was traveling internationally for a very significant and exciting life event. They were on a a once-in-a-lifetime trip, and they're calling me back at the office to do something completely silly. I couldn't even believe it. Cut out the distractions. Take your vacations. It is not necessary to be connected 365 days a year. A quick personal story. I worked through a substantial health situation a bunch of years ago, I had to have surgery, an overnight surgery, so it wasn't just an outpatient thing. I was bandaged up and returning from the hospital, walking in my house with my parents because I couldn't drive, and my phone was ringing. It was my boss calling me to get on a conference call. And I thought, wow, this must be pretty important if they're expecting me on a call in this state. Like, The anesthesia hasn't even worn off yet. (laughs) So I got nervous, of course, and I jumped on this call, and the call was an announcement about my manager's promotion. Certainly not something I needed to be on a call for immediately after surgery. So whether you're on a lifetime, once-in-a-lifetime vacation, or you're out taking care of something personal, you do not need to be connected 24-7. So we are vowing to work for a living and we will not prioritize work 
over living. As a recap, the six career and job searching rules we are breaking today. Number one, strict workplace dress codes. Wear the red sneakers, wear the hoodie, wear the jewelry. We are no longer writing lengthy resumes and traditional cover letters. We are no longer limited by our job titles. We are not looking for quote-unquote workaholic praise. We are leaving toxic work environments behind. And finally, we are prioritizing our lives over work. The bottom line is that it's time to break the rules. Times are changing and we are changing with them. Today, we're breaking the rules to find our perfect fit career because you deserve a long, radiantly happy and healthy career. That's a wrap for today. If you found this helpful, please consider subscribing and sharing with a friend. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you next time.